Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Cost of Content, the show where two dear friends try to torture each other by finding the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Joining me as always, Adam Myros is here. Ah, uh, hey Steve. You know, you, you win some Everybody. you win some and you lose some. We had no deadly lessons this week, I'll say that. <laughs> no, there's this is not a deadly lessons week at all. Uh, but that's a real diamond in the rough situation. Uh, you know, I, I kinda like the first time I introduced you on this show, and I mean about five minutes ago when I tried to intro you, but your computer took a shit, so uh, it was just dead silent. It's my favorite version of Adam Myros. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, probably an improved show. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I'll have that audio file, so I you know, oh. <laughs> I'll just cut that out. That's too bad. Also joining us this week, our uh, impartial third party to cast the deciding vote, Colin Tanner's here. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I can kind of relate to what's going on. Like, uh, you know, your computer takes a shit right when you're trying to record. My chair just decided it's squeaky now. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> these are the things people don't think about when they think about podcasts where objects just decided to make noise or not make noise. You know mm. what, Colin? I, I've always got a, a bottle of WD-40 at the ready, so this is never a problem for me. Why don't you step Damn. your pussy up? Uh, you know, I'm oh. sure Windows 11 is going to solve all my problems. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> that's usually how it works. <laughs> I hope it's the next Windows ME. <laughs> Uh, that that's a great joke. If you're of a certain age and a Windows user, so really, I'm I'm, I'm you know I've set it out this broad humor so we can continue to expand our massive audience. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> that's right. Come for the discussion of movies you've never heard from, uh, and uh, stay for the uh, Windows jokes from 20 years ago. It's great stuff. It's quality. It's what we do. <laughs> Let's talk about our movies this week. So. Uh, actually, before we do that, why don't you let's let's do the rules. Let's get the rules out of the way. So, Myros, what are our rules? Yeah, let's get the rules out of the way. I, I do like that misspeak, though, Steve. Movies you've you've never heard from, because I, I swear, if you were contacted no. by some of these films, by God, uh, <laughs> you have to fucking we actually wipe your have phone. heard from. We've heard from some of these movies before. They we got a lot of yeah. self Googlers out there who find the show. Uh, uh, unfortunately, never the right ones. Uh, yeah. No. So our rules we have, uh, we're only allowed to use what streaming service provides us. Uh, that's not a ton. Uh, usually a trailer. That's helpful. But uh, yeah, we can't go researching these things. Really. Uh, we also don't want to use any found footage films because they are just, uh, you know, the same thing over and over again for the most part. We need in that low budget realm. Uh, we also have what we call the Godfrey Ho Clause, which is to say only one film per director, unless we say otherwise. Uh, and these can't be anything either of us have previously seen. Uh, we did have a soft rule that we kind of discarded recently because it seemed irrelevant, but maybe it's rearing its ugly head again. We've once again returned to the pits of Georgia. <laughs> the peach pits. What a What a terrible place. Sorry, Georgia. You just—I don't know what's going on down there, but your uh, your beautiful blossoming film community is really creating some trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good God, it, it does. It does obviously bring some major industry to to the state. We we've seen plenty of major films uh, 
that have opted for Georgia over California in recent years. But along with that <laughs> comes uh, your your sort of Uwe Boll style uh, tax fraudsters who are, who are just trying to crank things out as as a tax shelter of sort. And uh, I think we we may have uh, stumbled on one of those this time around. Yeah, it seems that way. I I don't know. It well we'll 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 talk about it a little bit more. But first, let's uh, let's start with my movie. You know, best foot forward. Uh, and I, I decided, you know what, it's, it's time to go back to my roots and, and choose something that is near and dear to me. Um, and, and that is what I assumed was from the horror genre. Uh, although I may have been proven incorrect <laughs> in assuming such a thing. Uh, and, and then also, uh, you know, little, little Sasquatch, because I find that when you combined low budget Z grade horror movies with uh, conspiratorial nonsense like that's the type of idiot that i need to win a round of caustic content so i chose uh bigfoot the conspiracy which i had hoped would be a uh, spooky monster in the woods film uh with a with a light dusting of stephen quayle inspired quackery and i really didn't get much of either did i I actually now we get it. We get a wee bit of the old Bigfoot in the opening of Bigfoot, the conspiracy. And after that, I was like, well, let's see how long it takes before I get more Bigfoot. <laughs> and, you know, this is a mm. one hour and 17 minute long film. And it took me 45 minutes before I got a second helping of Bigfoot. So just to give you an idea, there was Sasquatch suit in the credits like, oh, thanks for the Bigfoot suit. Why? Why bother borrowing the fucking thing? It's, it's not even in the you movie. Didn't at all. Use it. <laughs> no, you used use like a little bit of CGI there, look like, or, or I mean, maybe it was just uh, some digital enhancement of your Bigfoot suit. You barely see the guy. He's really mm -hmm. he doesn't really play much of a role. This is a movie where I, I mean, basically, it's there. People end up dead in the woods, and then the FBI gets involved, and there's a conspiracy, and Bigfoot's running around. But you could do this. You could do all this conspiracy bullshit and Bigfoot could just be an idea or a red herring. You don't actually need Bigfoot in this movie, I don't think. Yeah, and Bigfoot, yeah. those bodies in the woods, they're not the result of Bigfoot. I mean, he... No, again, he's a gentle boy. Yeah, you, you watch a movie like this and you expect very little Bigfoot. I mean, you're going to get little Bigfoot. Oftentimes, the less the better with such a movie who wants to keep atmosphere up, but... There's there's going to be like a 10 minute a segment where Bigfoot is just running roughshod over everything. And this this is missing. Mm -hmm. That's a missing reel in this film, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's again, it's 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 not over long. It's it's pretty short, although you, you would think it was longer because good God, does it ever drag? But it's it's really it's not a Bigfoot movie. It's barely a conspiracy movie. I don't even know, like what. What is the Colin? What, what is the plot of this even? Well, before we get to that, Steve, I do want to just mention real quick that the Bigfoot does appear to, I don't know, uh, or, or not appear for the majority of the film, but changes appearance throughout. Because I could swear when he first showed up, he looked like Rob Zombie. <laughs> kind of like, you know, the Predator. And then by the end, he just looked like a big turd. And I was like, huh. Mm -hmm. I, guess, I guess he bulked up for this not fight at the very end. But if you want the plot, it's about our heroes out there. Uh, protecting the border from all those people. 
Uh, seriously, it's about Border Patrol agents, and they do spend at least, you know, five minutes talking about, like, oh, thank you for your service. Like, they just want to suck the dick oh, yeah. of the Border Patrol agency. It was a Sucking choice. That icy lollipop. Yeah. Like, why, why wasn't this just, why wasn't this just the troops? What the fuck was the, the Border Patrol angle? I could swear they devote at least 3% of the movie to that shit. At least 3% of the book. Let's, okay, like, taking my, uh, you know, my feelings on the American military industrial complex out of the equation. If we were going to, like, rank the troops, okay, uh, Ooh, from, yeah. like, troopiest to least troopiest, I mean, you know, you got your, you got your army and your marines up top, and then you got your navy, and then you got your air force, and then, you know, then you get into stuff like, oh, the Coast Guard, Border Patrol's got to be the lowest of the low end on the troops. See, I, like, are they even troops? Like, do you have to like go through basic training? Are you employed by the U.S. Army <laughs> if you're a Border Patrol See, uh, guy? I, I, I don't. I'm not sure. And and then and then it gets even more confusing because it's like Border Patrol and ICE are separate, and ICE is like the lowest of the low. Like they're. I mean, and and now we're getting into it's like where, where do you separate your troops from your law enforcement agencies? Who knows. But no matter what you do, ICE is the bottom of the bucket. These are people that, like, failed out of the police academy. Um, mm -hmm. They're basically, like, do you remember uh, the Rob Schneider film, The Animal, where he keeps trying yes. to pass the police, uh, like, the police training uh, test? He has to, like, run the uh, obstacle course, and he keeps failing until he becomes <laughs> an animal. Yeah. And it's all those Rob Schneider fuck-ups that either like you know applied one too many chokeholds and got kicked out of their local police force or couldn't pass the test and then ice is like come on down we'll have you wait that, uh, but that's anyways, the plot of the animal <laughs> i that's isn't that yeah, also the plot of paul blart Malka? yeah it is they're all the same they they start from the same template uh but yeah <laughs> gentlemen <laughs> gentlemen i think you're forgetting that there's actually a movie we have to talk about called bigfoot the conspiracy and I do want to mention, because you asked, what was the plot right there? In the middle of it, there's at least several different plots. Guessing about what Bigfoot is. At one point, they just decided to touch on the idea that he is a Nephilim from the Old Testament Bible. Well, that's and what we want. return to that idea. <laughs> that is what I'm what? here for. Oh, yeah. That's the Stephen Quayle fucking lunatic That's shit. the Stephen Quayle stuff. Yeah, because if you don't know, I mean, so the, in, in the grand pantheon of, of like American conspiratorial thought... Uh -huh. um, one of one of the big ones is that Bigfoot, Sasquatch, etc., is a like missing link descendant from a species of giants that used to right. roam the United States, uh, and that's that's very important. Um, so that's used to explain Native American myth by dumb white guys, and also to explain Bigfoot. Um, but and then they claim that they found like these these like giant bones throughout America. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's one of Stephen Quayle's favorite things. And then somehow that also gets tied to Stephen Quayle's weird white nationalism. Like there's a very direct through line here. So <laughs> all these guys that used to be like crackpot guests on Coast to Coast AM talking about Bigfoot. Now they're like super into like measuring skulls and uh, talking about like the superiority of the white race. So that's Stephen Quayle for you. Yes. Yeah, so I. Wow. This this is really a mishmash of, of your various Bigfoot uh, theories, which, again, 
Mm-hmm. If you want to believe in Sasquatch, that's great. But why, why do you want an explanation beyond the fact that he's like an undiscovered ape species? What is all this other stuff? Yeah. Like he's he is another very common one is that Bigfoot is an interdimensional creature, which is, is why it's, it's mm-hmm. not often caught on camera and stuff like that. Because, you know, it can just kind of zip around from here to there. Uh, which is this yeah. touches on with it being accompanied by like sort of a, a UFO style white orb, which of course is not pictured in this film because nothing is pictured in this film other than a man <laughs> wandering through the woods. But oh, and also he can uh, the Sasquatch can detect infrared light, which is another thing that comes with the you know interdimensional alien line of thinking when it comes to Bigfoot. So see, it's possible that that we don't understand this because it is in fact another. In a long line of caustic content, stealth sequels. Because this is actually oh. a, a sort of sequel to a 2014 film by the same director called Bigfoot, The Curse of Blood Mountain. Uh, really, mm. I, I think this is only related <laughs> in that there is kind of a throwaway scene in a bar where uh, one of the federal agents is discussing uh, previous... Bigfoot sighting with with some gentleman who's just been released from a mental hospital, and I, that seems to be the main thrust of, of uh, okay. the curse of Blood Mountain. This is all so so. Maybe they're not like direct sequels, but they both exist in like the Chris Simos cinematic universe of Bigfoot, right? Yes, Chris Simos, of course, being the writer director and and star. Correct, correct. He, he's a Bigfoot head for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Real, real foothead, real sass, real sass boy. That's what we call him, sass boys. He know he knows the squatchy situation when he sees one. The dialogue, guys. The dialogue is just terrible in this movie. Like they they try so hard to make everybody like a scientist or not a scientist, a uh, you know federal agent, and don't ask questions, man. And it's just so cutting to the point where it's comical, but it's not clever. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? Such as this famous line when <laughs> she asks a question to her superior and the guy looks at her and says, you're an analyst, don't overanalyze. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Who would say that? Yeah. When would this happen? This movie likes to talk a lot for a film with not much to say. You know, I, I don't I don't ask. I, I mean, you could get into the goofy conspiracy stuff. You can have Bigfoot mauling people. You can have gunfights, chases in the woods. There's a lot of options here. And they chose um, dialogue that does not work as exposition or uh, really to tell us anything else about these characters. They're just kind of hanging out, talking about shit. And it's uh, it's, it, it's horrible. I would say to do something even worse when you said exposition, because I like exposition and dialogue. If you have to do it, like, why not? Sometimes you just have to get it out there. They do this stupid thing, and I think it's just from, like, writers who don't want to be, you know, writers who overthink things or the guys at the movie that just goes, that doesn't make sense, and that's the whole reason the movie's bad, you know? They can't, like, assess anything besides logic, because... So many times it'll be like, hey, we're going to go do this. Do that. That doesn't make any sense because of this obscure thing. <laughs> that obscure thing. Here's another obscure thing. Oh, okay. We're going to go do it. Like, dude, just yeah. tell your movie. You don't, it, it seems a very defensive film, I would say. Yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> instead of, you know, telling an entertaining and coherent story like it's trying to do, it, it's constantly dancing around just so. Because they're afraid, like, CinemaSins is going to get a hold of it or something. Yes. <laughs> is, yeah. Holy yeah, shit. It, it feels, it's a film that feels insecure and defensive 
on a lot of levels. I think that's a good way to describe it. Vanilla. Um, now, in in its defense, in in defense of Bigfoot the conspiracy, if if we were looking at all of the caustic content films that we have seen over the years, um, this one does not look the worst. It's not nope. the best looking, but it's like B tier at least by caustic content standards. It's it's not bad. It's there's there's editing. There's different camera angles. There's setups there's blocking there's blocking <laughs> yeah i i feel like it the it's not really made by someone who knows what they're doing but they have like and they don't have great equipment i think like mm -hmm. there's these interview scenes that are uh peppered throughout the film for for little to no reason other than to just give us kind of oh yeah uh, a bunch of sasquatch lore uh, but those are filmed on like a, you know, an HD handy cam sort of thing, which I'm guessing is probably what they use for the entire thing. Uh, it, it, it does look <laughs> okay, like passable. It's just that there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of little things like the color grading is all over the fucking place and yeah, it's yeah. just, it's kind of, eh. but it is, it is. You can tell that someone did some post-production on the color grade, but it's just inconsistent. But I know what you mean. It's It was very strange. Oh, there are some scenes in the woods where all of a sudden everything is like fucking neon green piss for no reason. It's like, I don't know if that was like a choice or like they failed to white balance it, but either way, bad job. Yeah. I think it was, he was, they were trying to do like day for night maybe or, or something because I, I wasn't for clear piss. on that. <laughs> yeah, I, who's who's Guys, the say? music? Can we talk about my favorite song? What? All about gravy. What, what is the okay? So oh, the, the song is the fucking hogback. The hogback. So <laughs> hogback hog is is a constant. It's a presence. And this, this is the best thing about the movie by a country bile for my mind. It's like this fucking horrendous garage band recording of like this guy just going like the hogback. He's got a gun and a knife. And it's not about a Sasquatch. It's about like a murder. No, no. no. Which and, and then the, the hogback thing is referenced in the very beginning. There's some people sitting around a campfire telling spooky stories, and this woman tries to tell the the hogback story, and that's it, it, it's odd because the song and then that beginning it makes me wonder if. I don't know if this guy had another movie in mind before he decided to go down the road of Bigfoot, the conspiracy or like, did he want to just make a hogback movie? And, and the song too. It's this real fucking just dumpy, lo-fi garage punk song. It's, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the movie, not by a country mile. It's just mm -mm. weird because it plays like three or four different times and it, it doesn't really, it doesn't fit with anything. It, tonally, it doesn't fit. It, this isn't a movie about a hog back. The description in the song of the hog back doesn't make any sense. And and also when it plays, I know there's at least one time where it's like it's playing in the movie. Yeah, okay? yeah it's, it's diegetic, diegetic, car, diegetic yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, in his car. And he's not a guy that listens to that. No. Okay, there's nothing about his character that says this. This is my favorite band. I don't think so. No, this is the favorite band of someone who smells like bean burritos and sleeps on a couch, like by choice. <laughs> yeah, or like a 14-year-old, you know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes! It sounds mm -hmm. exactly like a 14-year-old's very first, like, basement concert, and uh, just from the sound of it, it's like, 
oh, the drummer's singing? And like, you know, like... <laughs> you know, it's just, I, if I could get great. this song, it, rest assured, we're going to outro with it, but I don't know if I'll be able to find a clean copy of no, this No, I don't know what this song is. We're going to have to really dig through the, the IMDB listing to find out who who gave us hog back. It is, it's just some strange. <laughs> if you like early ween, I honestly think you like the gravy song and, and hog back. It's not like a mate. It's like, you know, just thrashing around and fucking around and being funny. But also, when the music happens... When yeah, what like, if Ween was ultra shitty? That's Hogback. <laughs> well, it sounds like one of those throwaway tracks off, like, one of the first two albums of Ween. Like, that's what I'm referencing. I want to make it very clear. I'm not talking about the mollusk. That's way different. Yeah. Or, like, uh, it, it also reminds me of... Now we're giving him too much credit for this Hogback nonsense. But, like, <laughs> early Ween mixed with, with super, super early Beck, like, Mellow Gold era yeah. Beck. Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. he's more acoustic, I would find, in, in that period than this uh, electric yeah, this, thrash. Yeah, this is a little, little crunchier, a little thrashier. Well, it's yeah. like one of those. <laughs> like, that album has a lot of, like, almost sketches in it. And this kind of feels like that. Like, yeah. it's like, it's almost a sketch yeah. as a song. But, it, it, you know, you're playing the character of a yeah. 13-year-old in the fucking garage band. Because it's just goddamn ridiculous. But, yeah, it has, like, lyrics like... The hogback, he's no fun guy. And I'm like, what? What is? <laughs> what? That's true. What? But the rest of the lyrics fun. make him sound so fun. The rest of the lyrics about like chasing the children. I'm like, hell yeah, man. You're crazy, dude. So I'm looking this up. I'm like, what is so, especially at the intro, because they're telling a spooky campfire story about the hogback. And I'm like, okay, hogback must be like a regional Sasquatch variant. No, nope, not at all. Uh, well, a, as described in the film, the, the hogback seems to be more of a like a, a Jack the Ripper sort. But uh, yeah, but beyond that, the hogback more man than beast. Hogback is not <laughs> any regionalism for anything other than like a geographical feature. You know, it's it's not a thing. Yeah. There's no hogback. It's not the skunk ape or something. No, totally different. Totally different. I thought it was just the nickname I had for Colin's mom. Oh, yo, ha! there you go, baby. <laughs> that was like my my favorite thing that I highlighted early was because I, I had yet to glaze over, which this movie will glaze you over right the fuck quick. Yeah, it'll glaze you real but quick. Yeah, yeah, right out the gate, it was like this spooky campfire story. And one of the other kids is like, so why do they call it the hog back? And, and the person <laughs> telling the story just says, because of the way it shuffles around. I'm like, what's that have to do with <laughs> That doesn't explain why yeah. it's called the hog back, really. It doesn't involve a hog or it's a like, back. <laughs> Look at that murderous person who is walking around like they have a, uh, you know, a feral hog <laughs> tied to their their shoulders. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, OK, now, are, are we going to have to like Shazam this? Are you going to Shazam the Hogback song, Myros? Is that the only way to do it? Maybe uh, someone among us uh, has has some software that could just perhaps just get it from the, the actual film file because there is like a full uh, clean version over the end credits. But uh no, no, but that's what I'm saying, like, to figure out, like, who it is, though. Like, I mean, we gotta... I, yeah, I'm sure that's in Shazam's fucking archives. I don't even think I could YouTube the thing. <laughs> I, I just think it doesn't exist. It, it has to somehow be related to uh, Chris Original Simos, song but... written for <laughs> Bigfoot the Conspiracy. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, it's got, it, it would have more to do with Bigfoot or a conspiracy, were that the case. But I imagine it's probably, <laughs> like... Chris Simos had a garage band when he was fucking 15 and 
they had like a shitty cassette tape that had this song that made them chuckle and they just put it in the fucking movie for no reason. Hogback. Very inside yeah. joke. Yeah. Yeah. We really can't move forward without talking about some very, very important scenes. Like you said, those interviews with those Bigfoot people. That one guy who explains that he saw the Bigfoot in 1983 and they've been following and harassing him ever since. I what does that, that mean? <laughs> Yeah, you you piss off one Sasquatch and he's just like he's just like one of those road rage guys that follows you to the grocery store. So you'd be like, "Hey, you cut me off twenty minutes ago." <laughs> wow, 30, for thirty years, you went out though. of your way to tell me that. Um, I learned my lesson, sir. Thank you. For like thirty-eight years of what he says is like whistling, clicking at him, and <laughs> whatever yeah. that means. That happens. Uh, and not so coincidentally, he also suffered a closed head injury during that, that camping trip <laughs> 38 years ago. I I don't know. It's it's just such a strange movie because Sasquatch's motivations are all over the place. I, I is he like the protector of the land? Is he extraterrestrial? What what the fuck? There's like this whole thing, and again, I, I believe that is the part that is the <laughs> the prequel or uh, the earlier film. Uh, is that Sasquatch is after this guy because he took gold from a mine? I'm like, what is he, the goddamn oh leprechaun? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I don't understand <laughs> at all. Uh, we also have the elderly people who just tell us what's going on, like the old lady who's just like, sure, a lot of warning signs being put up lately. <laughs> like, that is some Ed Wood-ass dialogue right there. That is like... <laughs> Wow. Um, and also, probably my favorite interaction in the entire movie is when, I don't know, I guess a 30-year-old, pretty jack, tatted up, he's in good shape, you know, he, he looks this old man in the eyes while this old man who's so decrepit says, you know, he walks up to the old guy and says, you know, how you feeling? The old guy says, uh, you know, one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel. And, and this 30-year-old <laughs> guy who's just jacked, he's like, yeah, I feel you. No, you do not. No, you do not. What do you mean, Colin? He was, he was fucking horribly injured at his border patrol. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd be out there just wrecking families, if only. Border patrol <laughs> injuries. That's the story. Yeah. Again, that was like. The wall troops. I was like, was this guy a border patrol agent? And that's why he needed to put this in the movie? Because it doesn't fucking fit. Just make him be. Like, have served a tour in Afghanistan and have PTSD from that. Not from a border shootout that doesn't fucking happen. No. He, yeah. Yeah, he was too busy uh, ripping children away from their mothers and, like, finding uh, jugs of water in the desert and spilling them over. That gave him PTSD. <laughs> he was a... Uh, fucking asshole. He was trying to punt the head <laughs> off a three-year-old and accidentally uh, hit the wall instead and his, like, front of his foot exploded. So now he's, Yeah, broke a toe. <laughs> so, did anyone peg this guy as looking like someone? Because the whole time I'm like, he looks exactly like someone. And I cannot fucking... Huh. I cannot nail it. I cannot nail it. I think I was oh. like, maybe it's a wrestler. I, I think perhaps He does wrestler. look like a wrestler, and I, I know who it is. Give me one second. I'm Googling it. <laughs> I, just, I can't think of the it's name. It's got to be Impact Wrestling. It has to be Impact Wrestling. No. Ah, uh, shit. Uh, it's it's uh, Stu. I think it's, is it Stu Grayson? Who's the uh, little guy in, in the Dark Order with the muscles and the beard? No, that's... Um, John Silver. John Silver. Yeah. looks like John Silver. Okay, yeah. He looks like John Silver, American professional wrestler, <laughs> who you know from CZW, Ring of Honor, 
and uh, also now uh, AEW Wrestling. Maros, Google Google John Silver. Tell me that doesn't look like John Silver. Okay, yeah, yeah. It looks like him. It looks a lot like him. I was just running through all these fucking names. I'm like, it kind of looks like CM Punk, I guess. Like grizzled old CM Punk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it it was more specific than that. There was just someone where I was like, this guy is a dead ringer for somebody I've seen somewhere. (laughs) It may well be this gentleman. Wrestling adjacent man. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There's uh, nothing to talk about in this movie. No, nah, this movie just sucks. It's, it's just a big, like, nothing. It's 77 it's minutes long, and it somehow was, like, cripplingly dumb. That would be like, if, if I got paid by the by a newspaper to write a review, I'd just be like, 77 minutes long. That's that's it. <laughs> it's like, thank you for existing. That's, that's all we got. Um... <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I tried to go for ultra bad and, and, and instead I just got here I am just the, a fucking the rice cake of cinema. Nothing mm. there. Well, it was it was I guess you could say uh, it's one of these movies that has the fucking awards banners all over it because it was submitted to something called the Cannes World Film Festival, which I'm like, is that in oh, any yeah, way associated is. with Cannes? And it's Ugh. like sort of no. it's like adjacent. Why it's can, it's, it's can, but it's with one N. <laughs> it's just like the tin it can. It is actually a, like adjacent to the can film festival, except it's like internet slop. You know, it's like they take it's like a monthly film festival where they take internet slop submissions. And I think at the end of mm-hmm. the year, like one of the slop submissions gets shown at can. So uh, it was a finalist in okay. one of the monthly things, which should probably tell you the caliber of things being submitted to this internet slot. A lot of great stuff going on there. But yeah. the other movie has the gold leaf in the production yeah, they company. Just cut, right? they, they were like, we don't even need to make up <laughs> fake film festivals to submit this to. We'll just put this fucking thing on our, our logo and then we can slap that on and people will get fooled by oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're great. So, so Myros, your movie that you chose... Uh, for this week to go against Bigfoot, the conspiracy was the 90 day rule, yes. uh, which I guess is a little bit of a, a little romantic comedy, a little slice of life. And um, as you mentioned, not only does the production company, their logo is, is just the little the little gold leaf thing that you see for film festivals. But on top of that, uh, you may have noticed that when that intro music played, you're like, huh, I've heard that before. And that's because it's the Columbia Pictures <laughs> Uh, intro music, <laughs> iconic <laughs> intro music, very great, just great stuff. I mean, steal from the best. Am I right? Uh, so this is called the 90 day rule because it is sort of, but not entirely about a woman who decides she's, she's sick of these men who pound her pussy and then never talk to her again. So she <laughs> has decided that when she dates someone, she's going to make them wait 90 days before they get a little bit of the vag, a little bit of the JJ, you know, the box, the nether the regions, a little slice of the lady business, a bit of the lady V, some of that hoo-ha, <laughs> some of that cha-cha, a little bit of the lady bits, maybe some crotch, some muff, some kitty, some cooch, some cooter, some statch, some snapper, some beaver, a little 
taste of the cookie, if you will, or a little lick of the cupcake, uh, maybe reach into that coin purse, you know, the lady flower, the honey pot, the poon, the poonani, a bit of the twat, or uh, perhaps the gash, or, you know, the banana basket, the flower pot, the fine china, a sip of the juice box, a little dance with the pink panther, a little bit of that mmm hot pocket, a bit of the bikini biscuit, you know, get caught in the penis fly trap, uh, you know, a little grin from the vertical smile, a bit of the dew flaps, the flaming lips, the puff pillow, the notorious VAG, the fur burger, the bearded clam, the sausage wallet, the panty hamster, the meat curtains, the penis garage, the big taco, the axe wounds, the penis snuggie, you know, the pussy, the cunt. It's the vagina. She's, she won't have sex with Jesus that. Jesus Christ. You, you forgot muffin, Steve. Muffin is in there as well. I'm sorry. That's, what <laughs> That's your response to that? Is- <laughs> You forgot one. You've also officially uttered uh, more words than I could fucking understand in this entire two-hour film. Well, and that's that is the joy. You know, it, it seems like a simple concept, and it really is going for like a, a basic, uh, like a Tyler Perry esque uh, friend slash familial drama uh, relationship romantic comedy thing. Like, I get what it's going for, but because of the sound mix. And our our marble mouthed actors, you you cannot understand a thing that they're saying at all, anyone at any point. And so I turn on the subtitles, and either the subtitles are wrong, or I have had a stroke <laughs> and I need someone to take me to the hospital. Oh, they did not subtitle this film. This is some auto generated oh. shit, and it's all mumbled, garbled nuts. Apparently, the Atlanta film credit does not cover fucking microphones. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I I feel weird to say it, but I didn't have any issue uh, hearing the dialogue what? except for like, th- yes, for real, except for like three scenes where for some reason it was left channel only. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's a fun one. Yeah, and they were all the ones that involved the 90-day rule. And none of the other B-plots, C-plots, D-plots, E-plots, or F-plots. So the scenes that were like, you know, as uh, I'm sure Steve uh, would like to say, the titular scenes uh, Mm -hmm. were just, you know, uh, not actually as well audio, I don't know, worked. But everything else sounded fine. The dialogue was like... Kind of funny when uh, <laughs> okay her uh, what I, I'm gonna I, have to I like I'm gonna have to issue a challenge to any of our fucking listeners to just like turn this on for thirty seconds and fucking tell Colin let's email what Colin what say. a fucking jackass he is because this this is the most insane <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life like this is inaudible the the subtitles might as well just say inaudible I got like a real yeah. st- stereo system but I fucking had the thing cranked to high hell and I was still like. What the fuck is even happening? All right, I w- I watched it on the uh I guess it's like the newest Apple TV. It's like the best one. Whatever that is. I, I don't pay attention. Apparently they must have audio processing magic inside that box. And I was using AirPods, so I was li- I was like using the headphones. And that probably this helped is an a Apple lot. Commercial now. Um, <laughs> you know, I was using the AirPods, you know, and it's just like it changed my life, you know. Um, but the, uh, my favorite scene is where she discovers her boyfriend of what, five years has been cheating on Mm -hmm. her and he insists that, and this joke doesn't really play so well after the past two weeks, but he insists that, uh, they, they Cosby'd, uh, him, (laughs) these two Mm -hmm. women, (laughs) which, yeah. Yeah, not as funny now. Uh, yeah, used to be. No, not, not, as of two weeks ago, that means they released him from jail. (laughs) (laughs) 
this this movie's got some some doesn't even make sense. good stuff like that. <laughs> it's it's got some good stuff. I like I like at one point in the beginning too. There's this woman who doesn't show like I think she's going to be a main character, but she's in the movie for five minutes and then you never see her again. She's got the short blue hair. Oh yeah. Uh, and mm. she's like, yeah, we got to go to this soul food restaurant. It's got real soul food. There's no Mexicans in the kitchen. And then it's just like <laughs> yeah. record scratch because she did racism. <laughs> and then she's like, just kidding. There's nothing wrong with Mexicans. But also, I don't want them making my soul food. Like she did the classic, like I'm going to back this up and then roll over it again. Um, so that was fun. Oh, there was um, another restaurant one too later in the movie where they're getting like halal or something. They're like, I may not be able to understand anything the kitchen workers are saying, <laughs> but the food chain <laughs> yeah. does hit the spot. It's like, it's, it's really it's, great. It's like, I don't think we should be fucking throwing stones. Glass house, the movie. I, I can't fucking understand anything. Yeah, <laughs> Since we since you decided to use uh, camera only audio here and everybody's speaking like they just took a big bite out of a peanut butter sandwich, um, you know, what? Uh, I, also, I in addition to to the, the garbled audio, I think the hardest part for me and it took me forever to figure it out. But um, there are two. We're not going to call them main characters. There's no characters in this movie. There's just. Uh, there's like a, a thousand different plots that eventually converge sort of, but yeah. there's, there's two men in this movie and they're both overweight, tall, um, African-American men with beards. And one of them is like dating the, the 90 day rule main character. And the other one is some like wife beating buffoon alcoholic. Uh, yeah. And I, I, and they and they they dress the same too. Like they're both wearing hats, and they're and they were both wearing like polo shirts. And I'm like, is this the same guy? They're different guys, different guys. <laughs> so that was hard for me. Um, the women seem to drop in and out of the film constantly. Yeah. And the one thing that we can count on is all the men are like sleeping with multiple women, and then the women get mad at the men, but also the other women that they didn't previously know about. And it's really just a series of that scenario playing out endlessly in a parking lot in in various parking lots. in a parking yeah. lot. Yeah, various. It's just parking lot arguments. The movie uh, it is incredibly not fun to watch during said argument. A another person will intervene saying, well, who is this? And you discover that one of the other participants in the conversation has been cheating like that is yeah. that happens at least three times in the movie. Four times? Well, at least. In the movie, like, it's the same plot over and over and over again. And then sometimes, like, the women are, are conscious of the fact that they're, like, sleeping with a man who is, like, not being monogamous, but then they're not mad, and but then they're mad about it later. I don't understand what anybody yeah. thinks or feels. And there's no um, sex. There's no sex in this movie. No. But it's only no. about sex. But there's no yeah. sex. Well, no one's getting paid here, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just a very weird thing to be like. It's like talking. It's like making big night without food. You know, it's like, <laughs> what the hell's the point of this? Yeah, like, <laughs> I feel uh, there are like 20 separate scenes where uh, a woman will just apropos of nothing be walking out of a building and some guy will will start chatting her up. And she's like, you're some smooth operator. I don't want none of your shit. 
And he's like, but what do I give you my number? And she's like, okay, great. Let's have sex. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Over and over again. This just continuously happens. I, I'm like, I, yeah. uh, this is just maddening. <laughs> Isn't there a guy, too, whose name in the movie is like literally like Mr. Smooth? Playboy. Like, Playboy. Walks, yeah, Playboy. Oh, Playboy. Yeah. Yeah. She, the guy walks out. He goes, hello, my name is Playboy. And she's just like, well, listen here, Mr. Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's pretty great stuff. But that's <laughs> you can tell some of these people know each other and other people don't know each other and then that makes like the scenes are really based off of like, you know, their natural chemistry or lack thereof and the problem is that oftentimes the characters you would expect them not to have chemistry with, they seem to have a better bond. You know, it's like miscasting in a way because there's Well, casting is that would that would like assume that people were cast for these roles. They're and all as good. far as I can tell, since, again, this is like a 90 minute movie and there's at least like 72 characters, all of which are crammed into like a 10 by 10 living movie. 110 room. 110 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's I'm sorry. 10 actors. There's uh, 10 people. There, no, there's a thousand. <laughs> and I, I think it was whoever was available that day. That's what it feels like. You're just you're going through the phone. You're calling whoever. Oh, you're, you know, oh, Bill's Bill's available. Bill, come on down. We're going to shoot some scenes. There's just it's a lot going on. Couldn't we have like five characters and maybe have this movie be have any fucking thing to do with the 90 day rule instead of that being like three scenes in the goddamn movie? <laughs> I, it's just like, this yeah. is, it, it, I, I, I can't stand this thing. The structure is like the Domestic most abuse. annoying fucking thing possible. And and I would at first I was like, OK, well, it's going to be about this 90 day thing. And then it, you quickly realize that it's going to jump around a lot. And then I got to thinking, well, are these individual vignettes and then they're going to have a common theme and then it's going to come all together in the end? No, of course, that's not the case. It's literally just half baked ideas, characters you, you're not familiar with and don't understand. And they have some dialogue and then it jumps to a new group of people talking about something. It's it's kind of insane. It's it's like but 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 again, there's no there's no guiding like logic or or anything that's, you know, even in these movies where it's just like people having conversations, like you're watching like Slacker or something like that. Like, it's not that this isn't Richard Linklater or some shit. This is just it's madness. None of this connects. It's fucking weird. I disagree. I will defend this movie on that because what it's doing, it, and this is maybe not, I don't think it's a good movie. I'm not recommending anybody watch this, but at least get what it's doing where it's attempting to display, um, you know, it's like Love Actually or, or any of those like ensemble movies where it's more about displaying the multiple different types of relationships. You have the one that's like the loving relationship, even though they've been married a long time, they still, you know, love each other. Um, he, uh, uh, she still pones his dick with her um, uh, pussy. With her brown and taint. <laughs> I knew he'd get in there Kevin somehow. Kevin Smith style. <laughs> but, but that's one type of relationship. You have the other one, which is um, like Playboy, the character. He actually does become domesticated at one point, and then he kind of gives it up. But there's really no consequence. Yeah, but there's no I, consequence. I kind of take issue with Colin you you saying that there's multiple different types Seems of relationships like that are displayed here. <laughs> it's the same relationship. All men what? are dogs and who are, are cheating and going behind women's backs and all the women are, are like squealing harpies who both contribute to this ongoing behavior and are upset by it. That is, it's like the most 
stereotypical horse shit right, I've ever yeah, seen. It's like a relationship movie that was fucking written by like the casting director of Jerry Springer or something. I don't. It's like we got to get people who are just constantly <laughs> fucking at each other's throats and fucking behaving as poorly as like, possible and just throw a ball at a room like 50 of them just get 50 people and just keep rolling yeah. through them. and let's let's not get any filming permits let's just fucking go to every parking lot in the city outside of strip malls uh let's not fucking record any audio at all just fucking the camera roll it that'll work and yeah and maybe we can get some uh local businesses to to uh you know, give us a few bucks and we can just continuously mm. insert like inappropriate fucking <laughs> storefront shots and B-roll that vaguely has to do with their business that has nothing to do with anything happening in the movie throughout the time. Yeah, wow. we got some of the B-roll that's just placed into people's footsteps and like the cityscape, but it literally has nothing to do. It's not a transitional cigar either. Maybe. It just happens in the middle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a- You think this movie was taking place in a fucking humidor, for God's sake. That doesn't explain oh, yeah. why I bought those stogies, though. Right after watching <laughs> this. Ah, uh, yeah. This isn't bad for me. I'm classy. No, this is... God. And then all the... The other thing, too, is every, every man in this movie is obsessed with being like a, a sleazy scumbag, like a howling cartoon wolf with their tongue and eyeballs <laughs> like popping out of their fucking skull. And then every woman has to stop and basically look at the camera and be like... I am a marketing executive. I love to do a PowerPoint. I cannot stop PowerPointing. Like this is who the fuck talks like I, this? I don't know. And it, it, then they'll, they'll just be like office, quote unquote, office scenes of people standing in an empty apartment hallway intercut with like <laughs> B-roll of fucking out of focus fucking business stuff happening. This is like I can't even describe the editing. Like, you could use B-roll. I mean, it's it's never the best idea. <laughs> I mean, unless you're filming no. it. But the way they use it here, it's it has no connection to anything happening. It, it's not like... It's just so out of place. And it's edited in, in like... Like, it's almost subliminal or something. All of a sudden, it'll be like fucking... Three second snippet of some office workers tapping away at a PowerPoint or something. It'll fade in, fade out, mm. fade in, fade out, fade in, fade out. It's like, what is happening? I'm losing my goddamn mind. Or the end, the, the <laughs> end is like the most egregious where they're at that house party. It keeps fucking cutting into like people, like B roll of like the most stock footage possible of people making three mojitos for no fucking reason. It's it's spliced into the the fucking end scene like 25 times. That's pretty great. It's like this, this was shot at uh, sandals and Cabo, (laughs) but now we're in this, this like tiny Atlanta living room, and this is the same with nothing in the apartment except wine. They're just drinking wine, but we keep cutting to this fucking mojitos. No, and no. De- deranged wall decorations too, like mauve colored curtains. This, like, it just the entire every single wall is covered in couch. And then <laughs> for pictures, it's just like haphazardly placed. Like, here's an eight by ten family photo. Here's a five by seven photo of something that you can't tell what it is. Here's a weird like square picture, slightly too large of Al Pacino, but not yeah, from a particularly that? recognizable role. Like what? Well, that was Scarface. That was the well, Scarface. I, I, figured, I thought it was Scarface, but then I wasn't sure because it wasn't like 
normally with Scarface, you get the traditional Scarface. This is just like a weird, like single. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's weird. It's it's very strange. Guys, this movie is, uh, let's just be honest here. The cast is majority black. 95% of the actors are black, except for <laughs> this white couple. And oh, no, <laughs> they are the worst actors in the movie. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. seem to have anything to contribute. Like, say, in a cast of people <laughs> I wouldn't describe as master thespians, they're <laughs> uniquely I don't shitty. know if I'd call them the worst. <laughs> I think the worst is the, the like, loyal good husband that guy whatever he was on screen i'm like well i officially uh can i'm gone like i can't fucking get anything out of this <laughs> like it's just all right audio you fucking failed this gentleman so hard it's unbelievable but uh yeah no that guy that guy for me took the cake but yeah the white people uh oddly conspicuous and also terrible hmm I uh, posted yeah. that thing on uh, Twitter earlier today. You can check that out. And I think I shared it with you guys of the, of the scene where for some reason, there's so many people in one scene. They really have to, uh, I don't know what the term would actually be here, but it just panned from like left to right to um, show everyone. And they stop and <laughs> you can see the white guy. And he has this like frozen smile on his face. And then you can see in his eyes kind of twitch directly towards the lens of the camera. And it's like, I've been there, man. I know this game. It's just like, I don't know. It's perfect. It is a hilarious. Uh, the the camera work here in general is um, it's it's something special. It, most of the movie looks like it was filmed on a boat. <laughs> um, and that is a combination of, of two things. First walking, of all, they're man. using they're using one of those. You can get them on Amazon. They're like a hundred bucks. Um, it's it's like a cell phone gimbal with um like electronic steady cam built into it. So oh, what yeah. it does is like it just auto adjusts and it's it's fine for some stuff, but not if you're shooting a whole movie and like trying to shoot dialogue and like panning mm. between people and that's what's happening here. So, I mean, if you're doing like a sweeping shot or if you're following some people walking or whatever, but th they just use it for like shot reverse shot mm. dialogue. Um but instead of reverse shot, they shoot everything in one take. And the guy's just kind of holding it and moving it between the two people. So you get this weird like bobbing effect. Mm -hmm. And then when they do want to cut between people for dialogue and, and, and you know, maybe do a more traditional, it's in heavy finger quotes, uh, <laughs> shot, reverse shot. What they do is absolutely deranged. So they don't, again, like everything is, is filmed from a, a, basically a stationary position that is, is panning and occasionally tilting, and that's it. But when they want to cut between people talking because they don't have different takes, what they do is, is while they're editing, they use like the, the, the pan crop, like digital zoom in their editing suite, and they just isolate, uh, you know, the person talking, and then they, they, they digitally zoom in on that. Um, Which it looks fine nuts. to me. It looks no, good. It, are you fucking are you, I'm sorry. crazy? Are you fucking? Are, are you insane? What have What have you okay. been smoking, Kyle? It looks completely psychotic <laughs> because when you do that on 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 you know whatever like 1080p video footage and you you zoom in like that so you try to get a close up on someone's face instead of actually shooting a close up. All of a sudden, you go from like normal digital, washed out, shitty, caustic content to 
why is this the most pixelated thing I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life? And it just it, it, it just jumps between that. It is jarring and psychotic and just why? Why the fuck would you do that? And then the other thing that they do to add to the motion sickness that this movie provides is every once in a while, they do this thing where it's like a slow push into two people talking. They're just like trying to create some sort of motion in the frame. But then they do the slow push, but because there's no cutting, they're just letting people talk. Then they they pull it back out again. So it's this constant like, ooh, 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 like a fucking slide whistle camera movement uh, it is psychotic it's absolutely fucking deranged i there's a um there's a tv show on a channel called uh, i think it's aspire and i i don't know if i still have it on my dvr because i switched whatever i was doing on dvr and i've not tracked it down but it's about independent films from like uh you know young black filmmakers and a lot of the things that I see in this movie are a lot of the things that I've seen in things on that show. Like you said, the crop digital zoom. And it almost seems at some points it is like a choice, like a stylistic choice. And for me... It's a poor choice. I'm not saying it was a choice or not. It just, it, it doesn't, what does it add to whatever this movie is doing? And the answer is nothing other than it's jarring, but not... Yes for a reason there's no reason like they could be oh yeah i had the cheeseburger at Smokey's, you know meat shack and then it's just like digital distortion zoom why <laughs> yeah yeah because just because it's gonna be you know the alternative is not doing anything and i rather someone do something you know what i mean when it comes i would to rather movies? not you know I, I i would say if the alternative is not doing anything then yes <laughs> make that choice <laughs> Like, don't even turn the camera on. Just don't make this fucking movie. For God's sake, don't make this movie. Don't make this fucking movie. Like, I don't. I I would be more. I I don't even know. Like, I I, a I think you're out of your goddamn mind, and maybe Apple TV (laughs) is a magic box that has made this thing fucking sound and look okay because it does not. It absolutely does not. That's an insane fucking statement to make that it does. It 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 looks. It looks YouTube. It looks YouTube. If I was watching a YouTube video that looked and sounded like this, then I wouldn't be watching that YouTube video anymore, right? A YouTube video in 2007. Um, (laughs) Now, now listen, listen. Again, like, maybe it was a choice, okay? Uh Uh, I would, again, don't make the choice. Don't even fucking start. Because this would be like, Colin, I'm I'm inviting you over, and and I'm going to make you lasagna, Okay. (laughs) I'm making you dinner. Colin, come come have my world-famous lasagna. I Unfortunately, I don't have pasta sauce. Oh. I don't have any noodles. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have any cheese. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a pan. But what I do have is a uh, mason jar filled with bile and human excrement, which I will then microwave on a plate. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to make you. That's not fucking lasagna, man. I should not have invited you over. I should not feed oh. you bile and human excrement. OK, like I, I realize that this is a low budget movie, but also work within your means, work with what you have and take the time to think about like what you are conveying by using psycho boat cam in what is supposed to be a romantic comedy because it is extremely disconcerting. What about the, uh, the the director? You have to understand the director. He put his blood, his sweat, his tears, and even 
his breath into this movie constantly. And you guys <laughs> said you couldn't hear the movie, and I said I had no problem hearing the movie, including... That's what I really look for. The sound of the film, Kareem the Jamal breathing. <sighs> yes. He was breathing throughout the film, and he would just, especially when he had to walk. And I think... Is he in the film? Is he playing like the guy that's trying to date the the ninety day rule girl? It I think that might be him because it's possibly because the camera's not moving whenever he's in the whenever he's there. That's impossible so. to say because this movie's not on IMDb. I mean, he does have uh, credit. No, in, it's it's not in his previous. I give it ninety days. I think we're the only people who have watched who have watched it. Yeah. Um. So, Colin, this is on uh, on uh, we watched this on Amazon Prime and uh, the genre that is listed under is comedy. I was wondering if you could tell me a couple of your favorite jokes from the 90 day rule. <laughs> OK, you know what? I always like a challenge. Why don't we get started? I'll, I'll tell you what things made me crack up. Right. So like when they intro the, the movie, they actually sampled from like old VHS tapes that now your feature presentation thing. That was funny. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. That's a cool little thing. Was it or was it was it, but <laughs> I thought that was just them also because they also stole the Columbia Pictures uh the, the, the song. So I figured that yeah. was just on the tail end of that. Okay. So joke okay. number one is you like the intro where they they do the funny little like now time for our feature presentation. Also the kerning sure. okay. was so fucked Great. on that that the two lines were like smashed together. I was like, oh, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Like that. Uh, any other any other jokes that yeah. really had you slapping your knee, Colin? She Cosby'd me was a, a good line because I always like to make light of uh, a serial rapist getting uh, out of prison. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, the breakup scene is pretty funny when she has that knife. Which one? The, the whole movie is a series of breakup <laughs> scenes. Which one? Which one are you <laughs> referencing right now? Uh, the one with the knife where she has the knife out. I thought was pretty funny. She, she then, ha that was funny when she had the knife and she said... <laughs> You've been sleeping with women behind my back. And he said, yeah. no, I guess. Uh, what, was, I, what was the joke? That, could you explain <laughs> it to me? Um, well, the, the scene that was funny was afterwards where she goes and visits her friends. And everyone kind of admits that they, they would, they would have, you know, it was like a touching moment. They all said they would have murdered him too. Um, uh -huh. I, I'm just, I'm laughing so hard. I'm in tears <laughs> over here, Kyle. The domestic abuse scene where the guy is like, I'm going to, she said, <laughs> Okay, so 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 far yeah, we've had we've had the three funniest things for you have been um, making light of a serial rapist, domestic yep. abuse, and uh, a woman threatening to murder three people. But here it is: the the, the thing that happens is he's going to grab her by the neck and slam her to the ground. That's what he says, and he tries, and she immediately does a reverse uh, a rear naked choke on him and uh -huh. puts him down. And it's a, it's a, the way that they film it with him like being like, "I'm so sorry, I was I wasn't thinking properly." It's funny. I don't know. It worked for me. The, the way they they the way they film it with one uh, fluid uncut uh, camera shot, uh -huh. <laughs> no editing. This isn't intentional, but what made me laugh constantly is when people were talking on the phone and they accidentally hit the Siri button and they had to pretend like they didn't just hit Siri button. Uh, just turn off your phone when you're filming. Yeah, I I like also how the the guy who fucking tries to like beat the shit out of his wife because he got drunk uh, is is then like the only person who's like positively portrayed in the end of the film. Everyone else is like, yeah. what a dog, <laughs> except for this guy. He's a real fucking man. He owns up to the fact that he's, he's a nice guy. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he gets drunk and threatens to beat his wife. 
and they're like, oh, everybody's a, a, a cheater. Like, okay, so, and the final confrontation where it is verb that Mr. Wifebeater is an A-OK dude, uh, we find out that uh, apparently the, the man who has been dating the woman who has the 90-day rule, we learn that he is technically still married but separated, which is a detail that over the course of 90 days he has failed to disclose, which seems odd to me. Um, huh. But she gets very, very mad that he is technically still married, even though they're separated. And then his his still current wife also has a boyfriend. And then that that current wife comes in and yells at him. But they are still separated. This is they're not together. I'm just like, I'm confused. And then she starts talking about how they have kids together. How did he not disclose any of this information? You have 90 days. What are you talking <laughs> well, about? You're not having no, sex. He's a dirty dog, Steve, just like everyone. Is it worth it? Is it genuinely worth it to date someone for 90 days in hopes of having sex with them? I mean, if, if that's all he wanted, if he just wanted to be a dirty dog, wouldn't he, uh, I don't know, uh, pursue some more some lower hanging fruit, if you will? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't see the point. So what, what finally, is the, finally, the funniest joke in the movie. I do want to just oh, put that please. in there. Yeah, There's what's, one the, what's last the joke? One where Playboy has basically been domesticated, but then he does tr attempt to uh, holler at the. Uh, I would guess the uh, protagonist because she uh, has the titular ninety day rule. As I'm yeah, sure. she's Stephen on the cover. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, Playboy has been uh, dating. Uh, one woman trying to, uh, to holler at her and then uh, unaware that they actually know each other and uh, after they both just cut him down <laughs> you know, in public and tell him to get the fuck away from him he just looks out and he goes on to the next one and I'm just like, hey, <laughs> like, you can't beat that character. He's Wow. This, he's, I thought it was funny when he did that. I don't know. That maybe, it's like a, yeah. I mean, it, it's like it's like Tyler Perry and, and Mel Brooks had a baby and it was the 90 I day mean, rule. Again, <laughs> that character is certainly uh, among the most successfully portrayed in the film, although that should just be the end mm. of his story right there. But also. <laughs> he's just lost how long how much screen time does he have 45 seconds because they got to pile in 700 yeah. other versions of playboy that uh just they come across much worse i don't really understand yeah at least with playboy you remember him because he's a playboy and, his and i can playboy. i can like Everybody should be named after who they the are part two. That, that's what I said. yeah that's good I think it's pretty cool that we have a movie where uh, the the it's like a romantic comedy or whatever you want to say, where the woman breaks up with her cheating boyfriend, but we actually like the the ex stays in the plot and like is doing other <laughs> things. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's like a really underwritten role, but it's like it's a cool idea to be Isn't like, well, no, every okay. First of all, this this is not like some unique aspect of the ninety day rule. Second of all. I, I don't think it's fair to say that he stays in the plot because no one is in this plot. Everyone there's has like, it, it, no, there's yeah. First of all, uh -uh. there's no overarching plot. There's only it's plots. just ten thousand characters, and and each of them gets like two and a half minutes of screen time until we have you know an hour and fifty minutes, and there is our film. Like that's that's you would it. say there's only plot. I mean, what is the resolution of this plot? This thing it meanders to nothing. Like you're like okay, things are gonna happened at this party no 
it's just the same shit. All these people are sitting in a room drinking wine uh, or mojitos, depending on which version of reality you choose to live in. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, sh- and it's rosé wine. It sucks. It's all rosé bullshit. Yeah, none, of the, none of the various threads are at all resolved during this scene. It just ends with all the people screaming at each other at the end. It's just like, yeah. Oh, and then they decide they're not going to yell anymore. It's it's. Colin would call it a bold choice. I would call it one of the worst uh, made films choice. I've ever fucking seen in my life. <laughs> no, I think they needed to. You're right about the. They need to have everything tied back in together. I do agree on that. But I was surprised by how well they did eventually bring everything all together in that final scene because all of the characters we've seen previous, except for I think the ex boyfriend, are there. And is Playboy there? Yeah, he is. He, yeah, Playboy's there. Um, it's and hard like, to tell. What do you have? What do you have? Like twenty-seven people shoved into a single <laughs> living room. It's hard to. It's ten people, including the very funny white people who look nervous the entire time. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it it's it's if nothing else, everything does tie together. The characters do interact. The, the plots do intersect. I don't think there's any characters because a character I'd have to know what they like besides fucking and all i learned is they like to fuck which great but like what kind of food like what happened what happened to what's PowerPoint? your favorite position yeah <laughs> what happened to powerpoint remember powerpoint was like a major like plot thread in like the first five minutes like oh i'm gonna put on this presentation and then later she's drinking and like someone was looking at their phone during the presentation which by the way that was probably me because fuck presentations <laughs> who gives a fuck <laughs> god damn the advantages for remote working the only thing I can say that I didn't like about this movie, really, like, where I thought, like, that's a problem. Knock that shit off. Everything else I looked at was like, oh, you could grow this. You could work on this. Any scene with people just talking on the phone. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit to hell. It fills so much time up in all these goddamn Z-list movies you guys pick out. It's always people talking on the phone. <laughs> it's the worst. I am I am shocked and appalled that that is the only thing that you you take issue with in this movie. And uh, dear listeners, I would I would ask you to seek this out. It is available uh, to stream for free on Amazon Prime, and I don't know if it's anywhere else. I mean, maybe check Tubi. Maybe just Google it. The ninety day rule by Kareem I, Jamal. I think we're like pioneers on this one. I, it must have been added yeah, to pioneers. Prime like three days ago or something because it has zero reviews. It's not on IMDb, et cetera, et cetera. No. And this, again, it's, I, I just don't understand how anyone could have any affinity for this. Like, it's not, again, it's not like a, a, a fun, like, independent project. This, this is, is like, this is the Colin Chaos. <laughs> he's the fucking Joker. He's just, he's just coming to the museum and he's spray painting This thing is like, it's callous as can be. It, it's like this fucking, they have their own fancy office and they're fucking pretending to be a real production company and it's not like, scrappy underdogs these are people trying to take advantage of a law in a state it, it's fucking horseshit <laughs> and this, it's like the least culturally enriching thing i've ever fucking seen everyone portrayed as a scumbag it, it's fucking sucks yeah. ass like also don't make a fucking film production company if you can't fucking buy a camera buy a microphone do any editing that isn't just chaotic madness like this is, <laughs> I, I I can't think of like a roundly worse made film. Like it, I mean, we've seen them, I suppose, on cost of content, but but usually oh, easily, there are choices. Easily. Like when you say that they made choices <laughs> for this film, I don't believe that for one second. I just don't think there is any know how behind this film at all. I think it is 
one of the least professionally made things you will ever see down to the fact that like if you watch the trailer for it they came up with the ripping tagline of the new romantic comedy of the year what the fuck does that mean (laughs) And, and also in the graphic they made for this fucking great tagline they forgot the word year so it just says the new romantic comedy of the it's like, like to me there is no there are no choices made here because this is just nonsense like this is made by people who are just trying to take advantage of a tax loophole the end like i fucking hate this movie wow oh, but we gotta we gotta we gotta tie every movie you guys have ever seen into like one cinematic universe because imagine the woman in the intro being like, I have to go work on my PowerPoint presentation. Imagine if she just went into the office and immediately started making the last Armageddon. <laughs> like, this insane Yeah, she's presentation. working on that. And then uh, <laughs> the, the, the guy from Anonymous pulls up and he's he's actually been banging one of the other chicks in this movie. And yep. yeah, and he's been having sex with Bigfoot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like there's a government we've covered. We've covered films in this vein before, and we've covered stuff like <laughs> She Kotic, which is obviously in a, a fucking Georgia tax loophole <laughs> film. And we've we've covered like that that goofy ass movie with Cedric the Entertainer's fucking filmed on a cell phone because he was standing in a goddamn convenience Oh, that store. woman pukes. <laughs> oh, so man. we've had movies that are in this vein, but in this in this particular vein, this is the bottom floor. This is the goddamn sub basement. This thing is wretched. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty yeah, rough. It's not it's not a movie really. I mean, it's a movie. Technically it's a movie, but it's just people Here's the thing. Everyone that's on camera except for the white people wants to be there. They all want to give like great performances. They all want to like give the funniest line, the best delivery. And there there are times when people flub their lines and then they improv back into the scene. That shouldn't be in the goddamn movie. That's what you edit out. You know, but it's the charm of the movie because, like, everyone's having – and honestly, I think everyone in the movie was, like, good. Like, I think that it really is down to the production that could be better. But everyone in the movie was good, you know, like – So, here's an example of that editing is that Playboy intro scene where he's hitting up this this woman. And there are, like, four takes in this scene where she walks away. She walks away. She's exiting. She's going to her car. And she gets stopped by Playboy. Uh-huh. And like four separate times in this interaction, she walks away. It's supposed to be a fucking cut. That was the end of the take. And they just loop it back <laughs> in where all of a sudden she's talking to Playboy again. She walks away. Whoop, loop it back in. It's like, this is supposed to be edited out of the goddamn movie. Just don't keep <laughs> in where she walks away. If you want to use more than one of these great fucking chestnuts of a line, then fucking... Cut out her walking out of frame. <laughs> it's, it's really powerful stuff. Uh, truly cutting edge cinema. Uh, and, and that's what we're always searching for here on Caustic Content. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap this episode up. So, um, you know, Myros, why don't, why don't you uh, give one final impassioned reason why uh, you chose the worst film today. I mean, I think this is obviously this this sort of movie is not geared toward me to begin with, and that's fine and well. But I we we have covered other films 
like I said, in a similar vein on this program, and, and most of them are zero budget nothings, but most of them have some level of charm, some level of something you can climb onto. Shout out to the university player. Yeah, there, there are... <laughs> Uh, I, this doesn't need to be for me. That's great. But it, it, who the fuck is it for? Like, it is, it's just, it feels like the most <laughs> cynical, poorly made goddamn thing. Like, it, it is, it's in the, it's in the bottom tier for me. I fucking hate this thing. And I think that the people who made it are trying to take advantage of something. And I hope they don't succeed on that uh, front. But, <laughs> yeah. wow. This movie's for the IRS. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it is totally a cynical like cash grab thing and i i can't stand it and i fucking uh, yeah this b-roll shit everything the editing the audio the video it's just so horribly made like just we didn't put any effort into making this look like a presentable film and your film i don't know it's it's bad it's boring as sin uh, but it's just a fucking Sasquatch guy who likes Sasquatch and made a stupid fucking movie about Sasquatch where he stands in the woods. I, okay, that's fine. That's not destructive in any way. I feel like this movie is like, mm-hmm. it, it's just toxic. Fuck it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Colin, I'm curious where you land between oh. these two movies on, so which what, what do you think is is the worst film this week oh bigfoot easily bigfoot's the worst movie because it's boring and also because like i said i could hear the other movie it sounds like one of the biggest complaints uh, against um the 90 day rules that you guys couldn't hear it but i didn't have that issue so you know from like that technical standpoint that's a pretty big deal like i could hear the movie <laughs> so <laughs> Um, which meant I could hear it the, does help. Yeah, and I could hear the dialogue, and there's lots of like little funny bits. But Bigfoot, I found like just really boring, and just um, like I I found it more obnoxious the way that everything was just like um, like just hella military cool guy talk. Like you don't need to know, you don't need to know, you don't need to know, you don't need to know. And in the other movie, it was people being like, "Why the fuck did you cheat on me?" And I'm like, "Well, I'd rather see that." than like pretending to know something especially when every secret agent in bigfoot is like 21 <laughs> like it's, mm. <laughs> these guys are barely shaving and apparently they have like secret jobs with the government or or cosmetic companies or or pharmaceutical companies or whatever and the other one was just like oh it's you know what no one here is 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 worried about looking embarrassed in um uh the 90 day rule they're giving it their all um, there's moments where they're shooting outside and they're trying to pretend like it's like <laughs> 10 p.m. at night <laughs> and they're dressed really, really nice. Like they're going to a club, but it's just like a parking lot at 3 p.m. It's kind of weird, but they're giving it their all. And I feel like I said with the other movie, the Bigfoot movie, they're trying not to look stupid and it just makes for really boring and sometimes just kind of like hard to watch experience. It's just me though. Oh, uh, it is a boring and hard to watch experience. It's also not like casually racist and misogynist and all sorts of other bullshit and it, it, it's uh 40 minutes shorter of us <laughs> but it felt longer that is exactly what i was thinking about where i was like holy shit that was the shorter one i just couldn't believe it like it felt longer because how many times can you look at a man looking at a log with a burrito on top of it <laughs> I, I can't you know I, I can't no one should watch that bigfoot conspiracy 
It does have log burritos, though. That's a big part of the movie. My favorite part is when the guy, I almost forgot about it, where he's like, heh, didn't eat all of them, huh? And then the camera slowly pans to show the other burrito just fell over. It's like, is that supposed to be dramatic? specialty, log burritos. Yeah, that is, uh, it's unfortunate. Sasquatch's main function in the film is is to catch fish for this gentleman for some reason. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, again, it is just, it's shorter. It is, uh... I, I would not say one feels shorter than the other because they both feel interminable. But I, yeah. if you say how many times can you watch a burrito on a log, I'd say how many times can you watch the <laughs> exact same fucking seed happen again and again and again in a parking <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, before before I cast the uh, deciding vote here, because uh, I had a feeling Colin was going to go that way. Oh, uh, no. I want to look to to the people of the Internet. <clears throat> and and what they have to say. And unfortunately, the 90-day rule has zero reviews. It's uh, not on IMDb, and uh, no one has reviewed it on Amazon yet because I don't think the filmmakers have gotten around to writing theirs. Uh, or Colin, he can write a five-star review. Sure, why not? Uh, but what do people have to say about Bigfoot the Conspiracy? Catherine Coleman, perhaps Stephen Coleman's mom, Absolutely. writes, one of the better B-movies out there. Okay. So first, to address some of the other reviews, yes, <laughs> it is an independent B-movie. The picture quality isn't the high fidelity that you see in an IMAX movie, for example. Oh my god. However, there are some good points that stand out. The sound effects are good. <laughs> I would say on par with some A-list movies. Thanks, Catherine. So defensive. So defensive. Even the reviews yeah. start off like, here's my review of this movie. Okay, everyone else needs to get their shit in order because here's what really happened. <laughs> like what? Okay, so here's here's another here's another review. Uh, this one's for the haters, Adam Myros. Uh, five stars. Title says, "No, I am not a friend of anyone involved in this film." Oh, okay. It says, "I really enjoyed this. At first, I was like, eh, the film look, but I gave it a chance, and I'm glad I did." Was all the acting top notch? Do you care? The story was great. <laughs> And the Bigfoot was freaking huge. I even like the look of him. Dude. The main guy is likable. I know a lot of dudes just like that. Brooke is gorgeous. But the storytelling and the speed in which the story moved was great. And the dead druggy girl, very realistic, even impressive. <laughs> is this the oh. most amazing film ever? No. But if you could stop being a wannabe art critic, oh ask yourself, hold on. <laughs> Uh, if you, if you, if you, but if you could stop being a wannabe art critic, Colin, ask yourself if you could do better <laughs> and appreciate the effort and labor of love that went into this. You could see that it was very sincere effort and enjoyable. Oh. I admit, I'm a sap for Bigfoot anything. I live in the Pacific Northwest. Thank you, sir. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. Um, do you care? Does anyone care? <laughs> That's my favorite uh, part. Do you care? Do you care? Okay, this this one is another five-star reviewer from a guy named Grog. No. Grog says, I liked it. I watched this instead of the second half of Super Bowl 55. Uh, I have minimal interest in the Sasquatch legend, but like to watch low-budget indie films from time to time. This one turned out better than expected. Yes, it looks low-budget, but somehow it all came together for me. At times, I was reminded of X-Files, parentheses, TV show, 1993 to 2002. What? <laughs> that's what the X. That's what the X Files is. Is that even Just correct? I thought wondering. it was ninety four. I I don't I don't know. Um, I I trust that guy. If if he's going to that pro to to, to that level, 
All right. So the the people seem to love Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> Colin seems to love the, the, the 90-day rule. <laughs> and here I am. Here I am at a crossroads because uh, really the, the chips are down, folks. If I, if I lose this round, then I, I'm out. That's it. The end. Season over. So I have to ask myself, do I, do I take the layup here? Do I take the win? Or do I, do I go with my heart? Whoa. And Colin, if there's one thing that I learned from the 90-day rule, it's the heart wants what the heart wants. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I've got to say, I sincerely believe that Adam Myros chose the worst movie today. So I, I've got to give him the victory. Hey, that's and fair. I am... And instead of instead of taking an easy W, I'm going to I'm going to commit uh, caustic content to Puku here. And I'm just going to I'm going to shove the knife in my side, uh, go out honorably. So, uh, Adam Myros, congratulations on your season two victory. Uh, yeah, you made the right call, Steve. I, I got to say, uh, you know, and, and this the, the added bonus is that uh, that wraps season two. So we can, uh, you know, have a little time to regain our sanity before jumping back into the pool. <laughs> yeah, super fun. All right. Well, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, do us a big favor. Uh, go ahead and and click the links in the description. Uh, one will take you to our iTunes page where you can give us a, a five-star written review. That would be lovely. We would love that. Uh, please please do that if, if you feel that you can handle it. It's really easy. It's like literally two clicks, type a couple words, super simple stuff. Also, there's a link to our Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to donate to our Patreon, that'll give you access to a whole back catalog of written and podcast content available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers and no one else. So very exciting stuff. And hey, if you uh, subscribe to the Patreon at any level, I'm going to send you a movie in the mail, a DVD, a Blu-ray, a box set. You don't know what you're going to get. A VHS tape, a Leprechaun 3, possibly. Anything is possible. So, uh, yeah, donate a couple bucks, you get a free movie, you get some free shit, you help us out because podcasts are expensive. Also, if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, um, other euphemisms for a vagina, you can either send those to us at optimismvaccine at gmail.com. That's optimismvaccine at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine. So, uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? That'd be great. Uh, Colin, thank you again for being a part of this season, uh, for being a neutral third party, uh, for being the Joker. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> you. Myros, once again, congratulations on your victory, and uh, we will be back with another season eventually. 